This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Elan House of Wellness, the ultimate destination for postpartum care, supporting mothers with food, education, self-care tools and gifts. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Loz, kicking things off with a good news story. A six-year-old girl from China has set a new women's world record for solving the 3 by 3 by 3 Rubik's Cube in 5.9 seconds. Holy shit. Six years old? Yes, yeah, six. Can you imagine how fast your fingers would need to I don't, yeah, even if my that. brain could figure it out, it's getting insane. it to the fingers. Yes, her response was, truthfully, I feel like we're, we're living in a dream for a couple of days after returning home. That is so cute. It's adorable. Also, last week, Kimmy K launched the ultimate nipple bra from her shapewear line, Skims. I'm introducing a brand new bra with a built-in nipple, so no matter how hot it is, you'll always look cold, she says <laughs> breathlessly. Some days are hard, but these nipples are harder. Lou, <laughs> I don't feel like this is something that you would have seen before. Do you know what? I knew that she was in the news for something to Did do you with think a bra it was a joke? nipple, but I actually hadn't gone further than that. So this is the first time I'm seeing what this actually is all about. I have to tell you something quickly. Your cousin calls the Kardashians the Kardashians. Who <laughs> <laughs> says, oh, Kim Kardashian, and I'm like, that's Mate, not, she's no. been famous for a while now. Can we use her correct surname? He thinks they are the Kardashians. So that's just a little uh, fact for you to begin with. Anyway, I thought, okay. I thought, you'd, I thought you'd like Some that. Some days are hard, but these nipples are harder. That's a great tagline. Yeah. So I thought um, She's a good businesswoman, isn't she? Postpartum when your um, nips go a bit saggy, I thought maybe um, that could be my ultimate gift to you. Oh, I could buy a little bra with high perky you. nips. Next yeah. time I'm going out, I can... Uh, I make my nips work harder than uh, the dates. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I have two things that I want to talk about today yep. before we get started. Yeah. We're very different in case people haven't realised. That's why we work. We love each other. We do. We're very different. I think you are absolutely mad for listening to audiobooks on 1.7 speed and you think that I'm mad for hating Drive to Survive. So I put these out to the polls. Yeah. How many people do you think – or what percentage of our followers and listeners do you think listen at 1.7 speed with you? Oh, I would say small. I know I'm in the minority there. But it's because people haven't worked it out. I actually only worked out that you could do it that that quickly. <laughs> this this revolution. A year ago. It's a revolution, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? People are loving it so much that they've even brought it in on the iMessage. You never used to be able oh, to do. Yeah, you're kidding. No, That's, serious. Okay, I. I Did you like know that? that? I like it in that. Yeah, day. yeah. Because up until I don't know how long ago, but you couldn't, and it was so frustrating when people used to send me messages uh, on, you know, like a normal text, yeah, and I was like, up, "Fuck, I can't speak like through a this." Some um, minute voice memo. From exactly. Your I was like, like "No, this is a podcast." <laughs> At least on WhatsApp, I can listen to it in three minutes. Okay, I'm all right with that. If it's a life update from a mate, I'm happy to speed it up. Anyway, okay. Getting back to your question, I reckon ten percent small. Real time is too slow. Time is money. 41% of people voted oh, for that. That's pretty yes. good. That's actually not that far off 50-50. Yeah, that makes me proud. So 59% agreed with me that you've lost it and that we can't oh, wow. keep up with you. 
and that we're all picturing you like a little mad sim running around your house. (laughs) The other question was, is there anyone else out there who didn't like Drive to Survive? So the options were you're on your own there or couldn't stand the Bratz either. What percentage do you think said I reckon people loved it. I, I, I actually think people are like me. I would say 70% are like me. Oh, 69%. So well done. So 31% of people couldn't stand the brats like me. Uh, But the vast majority of people prefer the show. Well, you got to get on it. You'll love it. So as a percentage whole, everyone's agreeing more with you than me. Yeah, great. Makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) Something else that made me really laugh is that someone said that they've taken your advice about speeding things up for their lectures to do with vaccinating. Yeah, prime. uh, In a midwife or nursing setting so if the medical boards come for you ah oh. uh we'll just have to get you off this podcast i guess <laughs> that'll be it for Loz's advice on uh there's actually nothing better i think the best way to use uh 1.7 1.75 whatever yeah. you're up to yeah. is actually in a university in setting, setting. <laughs> Until they can actually get their trading videos a bit more exciting. Yeah. Right, you just got to scroll past it. I think that's fair. So mm. if you're in uni right now, speed it up, yeah. tune out. It doesn't matter. P's equal degrees. <laughs> Today on the show, how can you over-income? Over-income. How can you over-income? I would love to over my income. So would I. How can you overcome imposter syndrome? You don't. My self-care is a shower. My partner's running marathons. Seriously? Motherly's 2023 State of Motherhood survey report. And I'm a feminist, but... Loz, kick us off. How can you overcome imposter syndrome? You don't. This was an article I stumbled across by Rejma Sujani, who is the CEO of Girls Who Code. Imposter syndrome wasn't a term that I'd really heard of until I'd worked in tech. It's very in the zeitgeist. Yeah. So I'd probably heard of it, I don't know, maybe six years ago when I started in that industry, but I'm starting to hear it everywhere. And I think it's become more and more popular. I was speaking to a girlfriend the other day who had started a new job and she kept saying, oh, you know, I've got like a lot of imposter syndrome going on. I feel like I... You know, I'm finding it really overwhelming. I'm really is she new. A Everyone's like, really is this smart. A return to yeah, work yeah. Vibe thing? yeah, she is. And it made me kind of think about the whole terminology of imposter syndrome and what it actually means and why it's becoming more and more common, specifically for women to say. Like, I've never heard a guy ever. Oh, no, they think say, they, they walk into a room and they're like, oh, I deserve to be here. Yeah. And so I mentioned it to Rai the other day. Um, I was like, oh, you know, have you ever felt imposter syndrome? And he's like, what's that? Like he genuinely had wow, no, no real understanding of what it meant. I'm like, you yeah. know, when you get nervous, he's like, yeah, well, everyone feels that. When you yeah. go into a room, you don't know people. I'm like, no, but it's like deeper than that. And he's like, well, yeah. what is it? Great question, Ryan. Great question, Great Ryan. question. We can answer it for you right yeah. now. So I looked at this article. It made me do a bit of a deep dive into what is imposter syndrome, how it all came about, why is it becoming a common term. A poll conducted by one poll earlier this year of 4,000 respondents, so pretty significant, found that 72% of women had experienced imposter syndrome. Men, on the other hand, did not report the same experience. In fact, 54% of those polled said they had never felt imposter syndrome. Wow, I thought that was because I can see these notes, but I haven't read them. I thought that was going to say 54% said they had, and I thought that was still a pretty decent um, disparity, but that means that 46% have experienced it, which is a huge difference to 72%. Yeah, so here's the breakdown. Reshma opens this article by saying, I get asked, and obviously because she's a 
very notable CEO. I get asked about imposter syndrome a lot by colleagues, by mentees, by my closest friends, and I get where they're coming from. I've taken some big swings in my career from running for office to building an advocacy movement for mums and founding Girls Who Code without knowing how to code myself. Pretty frigging great. How clever is that? Yeah. I know what it feels like to worry that you're not ready or prepared. For a long time, I had this nagging sense that something is wrong with the way that we talk about imposter syndrome, but I couldn't quite articulate why. I have sat across from CEOs and senators and thought to myself, my girls could run circles around these guys. It just wasn't adding up. So the way our culture talks about imposter syndrome, you could easily mistake it for a medical condition. That's what she says, but it's not. I mean, we obviously all know that. As Leslie Jamison recently explained in The New Yorker, the two researchers who first identified imposter syndrome in the 1970s didn't call it a syndrome at all. Back then it was actually called a phenomenon. Oh, that makes more sense. And it was based on high-achieving women. It was never intended to be pathologized. She points out some myths. Myth one, there's something wrong with us. I really resonated with this because I think when people speak about it, they speak about it in a way that like they don't fit in or that – they're not smart enough. Mm. Um, so this imposter syndrome has deluded an entire generation of women into thinking we're somehow deficient. Yes. It's based on the premise that we're the problem. But in my experience, and this isn't me personally, this is Reshma's experience, discomfort is a normal human reaction to a new environment. I always think this like recently when I spoke on that St. Magella panel, I was nervous about it. And I was like, of course, you're, like it's going to be fine, but of course you're nervous. Like nervousness it's a natural and reaction. imposter syndrome doesn't have to be a negative thing. So I yes. totally agree with this. Yeah. And she was saying when she started her first job at a fancy corporate law firm, she had two Ivy League postgraduate degrees. Very smart, very well equipped. And it's her first job. But she said she felt everyone was speaking a different language and that... Corporate jargon, yeah, probably jargon. <laughs> jargon. And that's because... <laughs> They basically were. Most people there had unearned privileges that I didn't. Big law firms like that were built by and for people who don't look like me. It makes sense to feel like you don't fit in when, in fact, you literally don't fit in. Just on that quickly, Mm. one of my best friends, her partner is a lawyer, and I was asking if he'd ever become a barrister, and she said, yes, he would, but he has to not work for a year and observe and sit with someone. And I was like, okay, so nearly the whole industry is built around privilege because not many people can afford not I to work for that. a year. Mm. I had no idea. Very interesting. So that's really interesting the way she talks about that. It felt like being in a room of people that she wasn't designed to be in a room with. Exactly. So she suggests it is a myth because it's by design. So myth number two is it's our job to fix ourselves. In reality, we should be telling companies pay women fairly, provide salary transparency, offer paid leave and childcare. Both of those are proven to help close the pay gap. Myth number three, imposter syndrome is inevitable. This one I relate to on so many levels because of exactly what you said before. Like when you start something new, it is nerve wracking. Yeah. Like you like do you're get that anxious feeling. You're not meant to feeling. not be nervous. We're yeah, not meant and it's to a walk good thing. in and be like, cool, I'm the best person here. Exactly. So she says, our job isn't to overcome imposter syndrome at all. This is what she primarily says in the whole article. It's to focus less on fixing ourselves individually and more on healing a broken world. Yeah, this is so interesting. It's like you're experiencing imposter syndrome often because the room that you've walked into wasn't necessarily designed for you. So you experience it more if we're talking about someone like her who's a woman of colour. Unfortunately, two groups that fall into minority often in workplaces. Yeah, and and what she's kind of saying is 
not that we should stop using the term, but we need to be mindful of how we use it. Mm. So it's not really about you. It's about collectively all coming together to make a difference. Yeah. Because if we keep saying like, oh, like I'm imposing on others, I'm an imposter here. Like I don't feel like I fit in. If you keep telling yourself that. Then you don't. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. So let's kind of shift the mindset and collectively try change a system that probably isn't at a stage where it's built to fairly make That's people really feel like they fit in. I've never thought imposter syndrome in that way of like, well, I don't feel like I fit in here because the space hasn't been designed for me. Yeah, exactly right. I think we're taking good steps in the right direction. Yes. I mean, obviously, everything's moving towards more of an equal society. Yeah. We're just not quite there yet. But that's exactly what you need to be mindful of. Yeah, it's this, okay to feel like that because we're not quite there yet. This is really interesting because, you know, when you're in a meeting and you look around and you all of a sudden realize there's quite a few women in it and yeah. you're like, oh, we're like here. This feels pretty even and there's yeah. just as many women as men in the room. And, of course, that would have a flow-on positive effect to I guess, remedy imposter syndrome Yeah, because you're looking around and you can see yourself in a whole lot of different people in a room. For people in the 70s, like when they said this study was done or when this phenomenon was given a name, you would have looked around the room and been like, I'm the only one here. I've got to really prove myself. Yeah, exactly right. I also think sometimes all it takes when you are new is to have a good manager or yes. someone that you actually like that when you've started you had a bit of a connection with that says it's okay. Yeah. Everyone has been through that stage. Everyone starts, we hired you because you're smart, yeah. because you know what you're doing. It's going to take a couple of months to get in the groove, but you're going to get there. Yes. And then that whole pressure of feeling like you don't belong is alleviated. I think the key for me is I'm hearing it more and more and the next time that someone says it, instead of being like, oh, you know, it's a tough one, I feel like, we should step in and say, it's okay to feel like that. Mm. You're not an imposter. You're just starting somewhere or yeah. you're in a room that maybe feels a bit confronting, but you've got this. You're yeah. going to do it. I absolutely love Holly Wainwright from Mamma Mia. I almost try not to talk about her too much because like you've got get something serious else to crush. talk about. <laughs> no, God's sake. Cute. She's writing an advice column called Don't Freak Out. And this submission said, my self-care is a shower. My partner's running marathons. And then I'm guessing Holly added this last word of the title, seriously, with a question mark, which is exactly how I feel about this. One woman writes, I'm the primary carer of two kids who are five and three. I also work three days a week in a job that I don't really like that much and is a bit beneath my pre-kids skill set, but offers me the flexibility I need right now to be around the kids to do drop-off, pick-up, etc., etc. So relatable she already. She sounds like she's doing it all yeah. as well. My partner works full-time in a pretty demanding role Monday to Friday and often has to work late. When he's home, he's a great dad and does what he can. The thing is, this past year, he's taken up marathon running. <laughs> oh, God. I can relate to this on so many levels. It just gives you the shit. Oh, just find something that takes less time, mate. Yeah. He ran his first race in September and is now planning a boys' trip to Europe. He got a nice bonus this year to do the Rome Marathon in March. My first thought while we're, while we're here is... If you got a nice bonus, it's probably because your mum's pick, uh, your wife's picking up the lion's share <laughs> your at home. Mom. Your mum, she might be too, but your wife is probably picking up the lion's share at home. So maybe part of that bonus should be going to her. But anyway, it's become his obsession. He goes for a run almost every day, either early in the morning when I'm getting the kids up, or after work when I'm getting them to bed. Oh, I'm that not, would grind. I'm my gears. not feeling good about this situation. 
And on one of the weekend mornings, he does a long run with a group, meaning he's out of the house for a couple of hours once they've had a post-run coffee and stretch. That stretch is very important, I'm sure. My problem is I am seething with resentment about his new hobby. The most self-care I get is having a shower with the door closed while Bluey's on. I am so angry every time he pulls on his running shoes, I want to throw something. But I also know we're meant to support each other's dreams and that he works hard and he deserves to be healthy and happy. Okay, before we get into her response, I I just can't help myself get but in, interject. Girl. Interject. Do you know one thing that I keep asking myself? Why is it that men always have these fucking long like hobbies? Surfing, golfing, Why? marathon running. Why do they go for so long? Do you know what also drives me insane? And I say this to Ryan, like Ryan loves golf and lo- exactly loves golf, loves surfing, goes for a run. I always say to him, if you want your own time to do stuff, that time is between five to six a.m. Yes, yeah. Get up earlier. Get up at four fifty, mate. And yeah. if you want to, if you want to go for a run, you yeah. Five if you're going to be at the office all day, and I'm going to navigate most things to do with the kids until you also, get home. Why are we doing marathon running? Do a hundred meter sprint. Why yeah. don't you trial for that? Yeah. And you can do fifteen. You know, five four k's. minutes. What's sprints? wrong with five k's? Oh, Where did I five k's can't. become so short of a it's run? It's so irritating. It is so frustrating. And even just the idea that she's thinking about what he needs for his health and well-being and mental health, and I'm like. Dalsy, I get, I get. Like I will let I'm Hayden do his activities it. sometimes. For sure. But is he thinking at all about the activities that you need to do? It doesn't sound like Also, it. do you know what I would be thinking of while I was training for that marathon? What do I need to do this week? 100%. Who needs a lunchbox set up? Be like, Have I bought the fruit? I am running, running, running. <laughs> like I just can't. I wouldn't be freaking listening to a playlist. Yeah. I'd be literally Your heart like. rate would be doubled because yeah. of what you're thinking about on the bloody run. So Holly responds, having a shower is the bare minimum required to maintain personal hygiene. They are jobs that have to be done. Cleaning yourself, feeding yourself, emptying yourself, providing necessary. Emptying yourself. Emptying yourself. <laughs> providing necessities for your family. Friend, your partner has every right to go for a run and you have every right to express that doing so every day at a time of day when his family needs him is not really working for you. You need to tell him. Tell him that on the weekend you'd like it if he could be around a bit more or that you'd like him to be back by a certain time so you can go and do your figurative or literal marathon training for an hour or so. Also, I just don't understand like all these women that have children that do marathon running, as in I'm kudos, my heart goes off to you. How can you be bothered? My, I would just be thinking about my pelvic floor Genuinely. the whole time. <laughs> All I can think about is if I had two hours to myself, I, I couldn't spend two hours of that running. I couldn't either. It would be like for me at the moment, obviously I'm in my third trimester. Yeah, so it might look a little bit different. <laughs> but mine's like Hades will take Ray on any dog walk that he can. Yeah, yeah. I'm horizontal. Yeah. I'm not walking. Yeah. But I'm I've not so lazy in other ways, actually. See, now that you, you haven't. Stop that. calling yourself lazy, man. No, but in a, in a physical activity way. Really? Yeah, I'm lazy as fuck. And then I hurt my back. So now I can't do anything <laughs> anyway. Loz, our husbands like the same activities. Yes. They're long. I'm long all activities. for, like, I'll have my moments of being like, no, you actually just can't do any of that for this period of time because. Well, my like, husband's just been on. A surf uh, no, trip. wait. I have to explain this because it is actually hilarious. So my husband went to Queenstown for work. Mm. He flew in a private helicopter and had champagne on the top of a mountain. Sounds like pretty freaking amazing work to me. Then I get paid to do that. He came back and then I went to Sydney for a weekend of which 
But did you take both kids? Or no, no, no. I went by myself with a girlfriend. Oh, okay. Um, but it was so funny. So for that weekend, my dad literally had my daughter for the entire weekend because yeah. he's like, Ryan won't cope. It's just too much for Ryan. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, and then I got back on Sunday. Ryan went to Bamboogle. Which, so, which sorry, is, Ryan had Zave but not Sienna all weekend. Yeah. yeah. And Zave's a blob. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't Zave's move. easy. And then he went to play golf for three days and he came back for one night and then he wanted a surf trip for two weeks. Sorry, I thought that was a surf trip in between Queens. Uh, sorry, I thought that was a work trip in between Queenstown and the surf trip. So it also was work. Bon Boogle playing work 18 trip holes is very it just clever. Seem very like a clever. freaking work trip. Like, what? Yeah. That is so, that's a lot. So, talk about hobbies. And everyone's like, oh, you know, how are you going, Laura? like, oh, good, Rara. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, good. I'm like, I'm counting down. Yeah. I'm counting down the days. Oh, <laughs> that's, We're on a holiday that's by myself. So, Hayden's actually, I've allowed him very close consultation with me. He was very much like, like let's talk about if this will work. Yeah. But we'll have about a six month old and a two-ish year old yeah and he is going on a similar surf trip it'll be the first time he's been like away properly from us for more than a few nights yes my deal with him is yes you can go but firstly I'm very lucky my mum and dad are going to be in Queensland at the time I'm going to stay with them the entire time oh my god that's divine great second thing is those exact amount of days that you get I get them back at some stage yeah I'm the same as in I'm always happy for I do whatever he wants yeah. and I want him to have a good time and I'm exactly the same as this marathon runner I don't want to be the like ball and chain that's like no you can't do that yeah. but it comes a point where I'm like I want I want to bank that time I want that time back yeah and I don't want any complaints I don't want messages of my kids 24 7 no I want alone time but do you have I guess parameters around like he obviously loves golf and surfing do you have like is there a certain amount of Golf he's allowed to play in a month or whatever. Like, because I'm I'm pretty... No, but I feel like he can just tell by the look on my face. Whether it's okay or not. Yeah. Because there are days where you feel that angry thing of like, if you fucking think you're doing something outside of parenting this weekend, you're mad. But there's other times where I'm like, no, you've 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 pulled your weight. Exactly. Um, you've worked really hard, blah, blah, blah. One thing that we've started doing or that Hayden started doing, mm. which is a bit of a privilege. He works for himself. He's a builder. Yeah. They work early hours. They start at 7, finish at 3.30. Is that on a Wednesday, which is a daycare day, he sometimes clocks off at about 1 and plays golf then and picks Ray up on the way home. And I'm like, that's brilliant because you get your – little break away from parenting and paid work yep but it doesn't actually impact my day at yes. all and then he picks him up and brings him home so that's been a really great not everyone can do that people either work for the man not for themselves mm. or they work till 7 p.m so it's just not possible that's been a real saving grace I think Hayden knows as well I think he knows his parameters I'd say he plays golf probably every third week now sometimes it's a month yep it just makes me laugh with this article how the whole time when she writes in, she's like, oh, you know, but I want to support him. Like she's we all get it, mate. The whole time. Yeah. Everyone wants to support their partners. That's yeah, why yeah. you're with them. You yeah. support each other. Yeah. But when it comes to these long fucking hobbies and another thing, I spoke to a girlfriend about this the other day who said to me, Loz, I don't know that I've really got any hobbies. Oh, I've been thinking that. I'm like, so yeah, lately. man. You know what I don't do? I don't play golf. I don't play Nepal, I, I don't play tennis. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know what my hobby is? Time to myself. Same. My hobby is silence. Is that a hobby? Yeah. I'm making it up. Oh, it's definitely a hobby for me now. I couldn't agree more. Something else I want to touch on, which we are sort of weaving into a lot of episodes at the moment, is she's seething with rage. So it's all well and good mm. to be like, I want to support my partner. But if we go back to Minna Dubbin's advice on mum rage and addressing mum rage, your needs are obviously not being met if you're seething. And would you rather 
hate your husband and him do what he wants or have a direct line of communication with him, get him on your team, understand each other a bit more and like remedy this mum rage before it gets too out of hand. Yeah, because if that was me, I'd probably just lose my shit. Oh, and at the most random moment too. Yeah, it's always at the most random moment. It's a little thing that just ticks you off. Something else I want to talk about. She's obviously already sacrificed her career to an extent. She's in a job that she thinks is beneath her skill set and it's around motherhood. And that might be a choice and that's fine. Like she might genuinely want that presence with her kids. But I just feel like in this context we are seeing what happens a lot, which is that females live their lives thinking about the men in their world, many men, just go out and live their lives. I'm not saying that they don't always think about their partners. Of course they do. But it's a more selfish lens. She's defending him and protecting him and saying that she wants him to be able to do all those things. Mm. What's he thinking about her? I don't think he's thinking. I can't remember the last time Ryan said to me, Dahl, just go out and do that Pilates class. You take an hour, you go. Yeah, like you'd have to express the feeling I'd have to say, hey, in our joint calendar that you never look at, um, I've got a Pilates class at 6am before our kids wake up on Thursday. Yeah, and you booked it before wake-up time for that reason. Yeah. So it's really interesting because sometimes it can then make me just very angry about the way things are, but it's so culturally ingrained that yeah, this is how I, things run and we need to speak about it otherwise I would it love, keeps going. I would love to change the conversation around the hobbies thing because yes. it really I think is so detrimental to women because men have a hobby which is normally sports related. Do because it's troublesome to me about it's getting a wild. hobby. I don't think I love anything enough to do it for four hours. Do you straight. know what I love? I love reading. Yes, reading or but going out for weird, lunch with how, my girlfriend. Yeah, or socialising. <laughs> but how weird would that be if I said to Ray, hey, um, I've got a hobby on this Saturday. I'm going to sit on my bed. <laughs> I'm going to read for six hours so I can I try to finish contacted. this book. But if you could just leave that door closed so yeah. I can have my hobby time, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would really appreciate He'd be like, are you insane? He'd like, think you- you're taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, he would actually your mind. think you're taking the piss. But I can't think of anything else I enjoy to do yeah. for that long. So let's find hobbies. That take up a lot of time. Yeah. And we'll, re- we'll report back. Or maybe um, I'll start a women's golf clinic. That's what I'll call it. I'll put a link in bio, but that's exactly what it won't be. And it'll just be like a wine and dine event where we just catch up all together. You make new friends that's and just good idea. have then, a couple then of Hayden's babies. Like, Let's actually go out and play golf after all these gorgeous clinics you've been doing. <laughs> yeah. And he'll be like, really Shit. surprised when I suck. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Christmas can be a really stressful time and it can be hard to find a moment for yourself. We know how much of the load is placed on mothers and Elon House of Wellness wants mothers to prioritise themselves through nourishing food and self-care. With their incredibly thoughtful offering of dry mixes like the dark chocolate banana bread, traditional Chinese medicine mixes, I can't wait to try the Restore Herbal Soup in my upcoming postpartum, and gifts including affirmation cards, body oils, mists and creams, Elan House of Wellness is changing the way we think about postpartum care and looking after mothers. Loz, you've had two postpartum experiences now. Any tips? I personally cannot stress the importance of self-care enough. I know I overlooked it the first time around because I was so focused on the birth, but the thing I actually appreciated the most was when people brought around nutritious food or body products specifically for me. It's actually how I came to know of Elon House of Wellness. A girlfriend made me their banana bread and it is amazing. I use their body oil and it really feels like a mini retreat in a bottle. What I love most about Elan House of Wellness is their contemporary interpretation of ancient Chinese traditions, which believes that when you support the well-being of the mother, 
you in turn support the entire family. Do yourself a favor and prioritize your own self-care by shopping their range of family and pregnancy-friendly products. Listeners of Witching Hour will receive 10% off using code postpartumready at elan.house. This offer has no expiration date but excludes 28-day postpartum packages and gift certificates. said that they have not been out with friends or family without their kids in the past year or that 49% of moms reported on being burnt out that 58% of moms have reported on being primarily responsible for the entire household and kids or that 62% of moms have reported on getting less than an hour each day to themselves that clip stems from Motherly's 2023 State of Motherhood Survey report. A girlfriend of mine sent me through that video and I just found it so powerful. It's such an interesting way and also a sad way to look at some of these stats. Yeah. The stat that stood out to me was a majority of mums, 62%. And this is from a group of, I think it's 20,000 women in the US though. Yeah, it is in the US though. But still, I think it's applicable. Yeah. I actually think this would be less. Exactly. So 62% still report getting less than an hour to themselves each day. Isn't that crazy? I feel like I get more than that. Do you think you get more than that or less? Um, I'm just thinking It depends on the day, to be honest. it does. It totally depends on the day. It really depends. Because sometimes I was thinking about this just before. Sometimes like you wake up, you're with your children. I... Um, looking after my nearly one-year-old, so I'm with him all day, so then there's no time to yourself, mm. and then pick up my other child from daycare, make her dinner, Rye comes home. And sometimes, to be honest, it gets to like – like Sienna's not going to bed till like 8.30. That's gets hard. to like 9 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I need to go to bed. Yeah. So I'm like, do I get an hour to myself every day? Maybe not. Yeah, that's an interesting one Weirdly. too. Sienna's at that age where she would be – her bedtime would be a bit more of a fight. Is that fair to say? Um, It's not a f- – fight because I can't even engage to yeah. argue about it I'm like oh if yeah. you just want to stay up like just I actually up. don't care anymore the only thing that is really annoying inclined. actually this is a great segue story last night is a really good example so Rye's been away as I mentioned Sienna's been sleeping in my bed which I've actually found like quite comforting oh she slept in your bed the whole two weeks yeah because I get That's freaked beautiful. out and then Rye said to me what about Zave I'm like well, we've got to sacrifice one so yeah. if someone breaks in I'm just gonna yeah. have to take it not that I'm you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. In my bloody silky pajamas, shit all. Um, it's been really nice. The only thing that's been really irritating, and this came to light last night, is got to 8.30. I'm like, all right, it's time for bed. You can sleep in mummy's bed if you want. She was like, okay, okay. She's like, are you coming to bed? And I was like, no, no, mummy's having some alone time. I'm having some <laughs> it's quiet like the daddy time. daddy being like, are you coming to bed, mummy? Yeah, I'm like, I'm having some quiet time. She goes, that's okay, I'll wait. I'm like, oh, no, nah, no, no, that's not how this works. Alone time I is not actually need you, you away from me. Yes. Like, We're oh. not both having alone time together. So then you would have had really no time to yourself the past two weeks. No. Do you know when I always really want my alone time too? It's first thing in the morning. Oh, mine's at the end of the day. Yeah. See, I want to just sit in bed, which I'm, if Ray wakes up early and I do too, I get it because Hayden – is basically on duty up until like 10 to 7 when he leaves for work. Yes. So if Ray wakes up at 6 and I wake up at 6, I just sort of sit in bed. and Yeah, but Ray's in quite... a cot. No, no, no. Ray will be in the kitchen with Hayden. Oh, so sorry. Breakfast. Okay, okay. Yeah. But then I take over. But I actually hate it the most when Ray wakes up like just as Hayden's going to walk out the door and I'm like, oh, 
No, you I actually have no choice but to parent right now. Yeah, that it's, is it can such be really annoying, feeling, and you're so tired. Yeah, I think it feels worse at the moment, obviously, because I'm pregnant and I'm of tired. Of course, but the, the great thing about Hayden being such an early bird is he'll bring me he'll toast and coffee, and he'll feed oh, Ray. And so God. when that plays out, that is beautiful. When he starts to wake up closer to seven, it's actually almost like, oh damn didn't get any of my life. I feel time. like you're the first woman that will ever say that when my child wakes up closer to seven it's annoying yeah. people would be like amen yeah it just means that I have to put the toast the bread in the toast yeah <laughs> um the girlfriend that sent this to me also rightly pointed out that for that hour that you do have to yourself a lot of women would be like really thankful or like grateful yes. or almost feeling bad for whoever is helping. I'm like, that is so true. The guilt, even just the word helping because we always yeah, think yeah, of yeah. it as ours and I use it too so I'm not pulling you up. But the guilt factor is wild. My mum, say it's a work day for heads. Yeah. It's a Friday. Ray, I'm with Ray on a Tuesday and a Friday. But say a meeting comes up on a Friday, I'll take it. And mum will be like, don't worry, I've got him. But I can't totally... Relax, because you do feel bad that you're putting someone else out. Yeah, whereas Hayden wouldn't. If his mum had Ray and it was sort of on his time, mm. he wouldn't feel bad at all. But no. we're always rushing. Even with Michelle, my mother-in-law, your auntie, I'll often be like, oh, I'll be back by this time. She's like, don't worry. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I didn't tell you you need to be back by certain I know, time. but it's a mental thing. Let me deep dive into some other stats. Mums are divided when it comes to exercise. While very few say they work out every day, 7%, 41% report that they work out a few times a week on average, pretty good. This compares to 26% who work out a few times a month and nearly a third who work out a couple of times a year or never. Oh my God. I do wonder whether those workouts would be considered like pushing a pram. Do you know what I also wonder? If you are in the early stages of parenting, mm. As the like womb holder, pregnant person, for me, for example, and not too dissimilar for you, I'm having two under two. I feel like my body only just bloody recovered enough to properly work out and then I was pregnant again. Yeah. So you do unfortunately, like I think part of this is a cultural thing that needs to change. Yep. The more pragmatic person in me thinks unfortunately if you're carrying and giving birth and breastfeeding, it takes up – I could never have guessed how much it would affect my physicality. Like yeah. I've done really not much since I got pregnant for the first I time. I have – one thing I will say though is I've never walked so much in my life. That's true. I've done a lot of walking and I actually did get a memory the other day that I got back to dance classes and I forgot that I did that. I love I that like, you dance. Girl, that is just – it yeah, really brings us back there, to my – But it is it's, – it's like 50% the – logistics of if you're just carrying babies and giving birth to babies and breastfeeding you just don't have as much in the tank yeah yeah but then it is also the society thing of like us feeling bad for ever having time for ourselves it's true other thing that stood out for me is that 46 percent of mothers i mean this is in america are currently seeking therapy i think therapy is probably more of like a done thing in the u.s as opposed to australia but mental health is by far a mother's biggest worry I also think because there's more conversations now around mental health, it's definitely front of mind and people are actually asking new moms, like, are you okay? Mm. Do you feel overwhelmed? I even want to say, so since having Zave, uh, and they were two years and a couple of months apart, I do feel like the questions that maternal health nurses asked have changed slightly. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to make a great. note of that when I um, go through postpartum again. It's funny because I feel like we've been talking a lot lately about how we're not talking about the joys of motherhood enough. Yeah. But these sort of stats do put the fire in my belly again to be like, 
why aren't we allowed to complain though when a lot of things are worked, working against mothers? Because like as much as we were just saying we shouldn't whinge, it's also like, yeah, but we're not getting the support we need and we are like sort of drowning in a way. Yeah, I agree with that. I know that I always enjoy listening to people that are uplifting and positive. Yeah. And I love a bit of negative banter. Like, there's yeah. nothing I like yeah. more than being like, yes, I feel that. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also think if you listen to that kind of stuff all the time, yeah. it becomes so depressing that you're yeah. like far out. I think you saying that too reminds me that some of the content around this, if there's stats and studies and research into it, I find it more helpful. If it's mm. just bitching for bitching's sake, I'm sort of like, oh, where the, where does that leave me? Whereas this sort of tangibility, this research you're talking about, it provides validation in a way that you go, oh, okay, this is actually why I feel X, Y and Z today. Yeah, but things because are improving. actual stats and then, of course, things come from stats and from research, probably not as quickly happens. as we like. Exactly. But at least it's actionable, whereas I guess moaning for moaning's sake doesn't feel great a lot of the time. Well, it just doesn't feel very proactive of actually doing yeah. anything. Like, okay, you've been in a shitty situation. What are you actually going to do about it to make it feel? better 100% and you know when your friends do come to you with those things and you feel for them but you're like but you're not actually changing anything or you're not um communicating that with your partner or any of those sorts of examples and you're like so are we just going to sit here and complain about it or are we going to do something something about it it? yeah one one other thing I did find fascinating was eight and ten mothers worry about a recession and are making preemptive cuts obviously Mm. we know that interest rates are going up people are really feeling like the pinch financially when you are on mat leave you do naturally I think become more like when your maternity leave benefits Mm. run out so whether that's government paid or your work pays you you do naturally become a bit more money yeah money motivated that comes back to too like we're not the ones even though we're doing the caregiving of the children our partners yes because we're not the ones physically making money there's guilt attached to it even though we're doing important work it's like literally nearly impossible to still find value enough to not feel guilty. So then we think we need to make specific changes because yes. we're not bringing in an income. Yeah. One of the ladies in this survey, her name's Sarah B, said, I feel constantly worried about money and definitely have been way more reluctant to spend money on anything. Mm. With mothers making 85% of household purchase decisions, this sentiment represents an important economic indicator. That's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Obviously, mm, I thought about I. the fact that there's periods of unpaid leave, but I hadn't even thought, of course, the double whammy of that is that if we're carrying a lot of the load at home we're making the financial decisions in a lot of ways yes oh this is a good one this is a good little graph of what people cut spending on first mm. actually let's play a little guessing game what do you think of the top three that women cut back on oh. when they're thinking about reducing spend um buying things for themselves mm-hmm. i don't know if that's too broad comes is in number two yeah okay Buying things for themselves, um, eating out. Oh, number one. Oh, nailing it. Good. Yeah. Got her doing good. uh, I want to say like, mm, gee, I really want to get three for three. Um, I'm going to say like streaming services and that sort of stuff. Oh, that's a good one. But no. Number three is travel or vacation. Damn it. I nearly did travel. Yeah. Such an obvious one. So how's this one for number four? Gifts. That is one thing I would never skimp on. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. Although I must Oh, that's my love language though. I love a gift. Oh, 
even if it's a chase little something. I actually can't bring myself to skimp on gifts either. Yeah. So the next one is kids' toys. Yep. Oh, excellent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Them off. Far <laughs> out. <enough. laughs> then it's household items. Yeah. And then the last one is kids' activities. Yeah. I'm not there yet, so I don't even really know what a kid's activity Swimming. means. Yeah. You know what, though? I would be reluctant to skimp on that. When kids turn three in Victoria anyway, you can put them in the pool without being in the pool yourself. Oh, and I, I reckon that. that's worth the that's 18 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, we shouldn't actually think of that as self-care. I'm sorry. No, but I don't no, mean it anyone. I sat in that hot pool yesterday. It is so It is oh, so you get hot. In. No, I don't get in. I sat in the centre. Oh, the centre. The indoor pool. And Honestly, you're suffocating in there, aren't you? <laughs> that's that's not an environment no, you no. want to be sitting in. But I was just flicking through my phone, watching Zeno. I'm like, well done, sweetie. You're Nalia. in the sauna, basically. I was like, <laughs> Christ. Like, so I'm just popping off to the sauna with my daughter. Yeah. Main thing in this report is exactly what we touched on before. It's more so to validate how women are feeling. The findings continue to validate that today's mothers are parenting without adequate structural support. This year finds mothers increasingly stressed about finances, yet they don't have access to affordable childcare. I know we've harped on about this a million times. Um, And the key to getting mothers who also do the majority of childcare and household management back into the workforce, flexibility. So there's a lot of findings, but really they release this report every year more as like an insight into if things have changed, how mothers are feeling, but to validate that we aren't quite at. Yeah, and that we're not going mad. No, and also it's not a whinging fest. It's no. just these are the stats. This yeah, is what these the stats are the facts. Say. That's what I love yeah. about this research. I'm actually going to finish this off with a recommendation because I asked Nell Frizzell, who wrote The Panic Years and Holding the Baby, what she would do if she ran the country. Oh. The country being England because Big she's question. British. Big yeah. question. She shares some really good research and thoughts in that so I reckon that's a great episode very relatable to what we're talking about her book holding the baby also goes into a lot of research around these topics again validating instead of just moaning for moaning's sake I'm a feminist but I call my parents fridge mum's fridge and I call my parents shed my dad's shed I just realized I did this the other day. So if you've never heard of The Guilty Feminist, it's a podcast on our noble goals as feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. If you're familiar with it, you'll know that Deborah Francis White and her guests open up each show with their I'm a feminist but confessions. Think all of the paradoxes around what we may still see as men's work and other feminist fails. Give me one of yours. I'm a feminist but... I religiously call my dad to do tasks that I don't want to do, that I would deem as men's tasks, changing a light bulb, painting something. Mowing. Oh, yeah. Mowing is a great one. Weeding, uh, fixing a door. You name it. The list could go on. I could actually reel off a thousand items. Any task that has historically been for men that I don't want to do, I have not decided to do. Yeah in my days of pursuing feminism. Yeah, me too. So when I first came across this podcast, I was just like, oh. You introduced me to it. It actually is very funny. We are very different, but I did find it funny. Even at 1.75 speed, it was great. Oh, God, it must have been chaotic at that speed. We went to the streets of Instagram and we asked for your feminist fails. So I'm going to read some of my Mm favourites. This was my absolute favourite. I'm a feminist, but I was flattered when someone whistled at me out the car window. 
<laughs> oh, that is brilliant. It's pretty good. Oh, it's probably a wolf whistle too. I'm just picturing a really No one like, does that anymore. No, no one does, which is probably a good I mean, maybe thing. it's I just me. Way, I love the way you say that as though it's like a complaint. <laughs> no one does that anymore. <laughs> maybe it's just me. I'm not as hot as I used to be. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I can't slash don't change a light bulb or do anything handy ever. Exactly feels, what you girl, just said. Feels. I'm a feminist, but if the shower drain is blocked, I immediately curse my husband under my breath. Oh, and it's usually your hair that's clogged up. It's yeah. so sick. Yeah, it makes I, me want to gag. I'm like, Ryan, you're up. I, I can't know. do that. I can't I actually know touch this my one own so hair. well. It's definitely not Hayden's yeah. hair going down that sink. It's mine. And I'm like, if I'm in the shower and it overflows, I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> And then, I'm, and then I'm like, hang on, that's not right. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I want my partner to earn more so that I can be a stay-at-home mum. Sometimes I, so I dream. Would relate Sometimes to that. I dream about yeah, that. Yeah. And then and I other think about times the realities. I'm like, I'm like yeah, no, yeah. there's no way. I either like have a week where I want to be at home full-time or I want to be in an office full-time. Yeah, 100%. No or do you know what my, my, my dream would be? Would be to win lottery and have my kids in daycare. Four time. days off. Useful time. I did show up on the one day um, and just live a life of luxury. My own dreams. Someone out there does that. Imagine how fit I'd be. Someone out there does that. You'd be at golf, of course. Oh, yeah, naturally. <laughs> Five yeah. days a week. Exactly. This is a good one. I'm a feminist, but I still get up overnight because my partner works. I do too. Paid work and the work at home. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a good one. Yeah. And then pretty much everyone else said that they refused to mow lawns or take the bins out. I actually love the smell of freshly cut grass. Oh, I thought you were going to say the bins. Lucy, (laughs) why on earth would I like the smell of a bin, you freak? Well, you opened with – I just talked about bins. No. I did just talk about grass (laughs) to make that to you. Talking about grass. Although I would have no idea how to actually start the – you know how you got to – uh, you know that really I've, pull it. I don't even really know how to start a barbecue. Yeah, say so this is a barbecue. I learned. I learned this, this recently. Is actually embarrassing yeah, and no, it's humiliating. It. So you've learned how to start. Yeah, mate, a it's a button. You press how. the gas on, and you just yeah. click it around like a stovetop. Yeah, it's it's actually it's so it's. Oh, look at me sitting here fighting for feminism, yeah. and I don't Can't know. I don't know how to mow. You sicko! I'm <laughs> sick. I am sickening. <laughs> You're not sickening anymore. It's me. Oh. If you haven't listened to this podcast, I'm going to link the episode that Loz and I listened to this week in the show notes. It's always funny and uplifting at the start. And then Deborah Francis White will normally deep dive into a topic of feminism. So it's the perfect mixture of light and shade. And I highly recommend listening. And I'm a feminist, but I don't know how to work a barbecue. I hate myself. You've discovered something new. Loz, you brilliant tipster. Yes. You're an advice queen. Give me something good. <laughs> My tip this week is learn outside of your department or your team. One thing that has always helped me career today, and I used to think this was like a common norm that most people would do this, but the more I chat to people, the more I realize that very few people do. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure why. When you meet with other people in different roles of your organization, let's just say you work in finance mm. and you obviously get to know your team, blah, blah, blah. I never think it hurts to meet with people from marketing or sales or customer experience or product or whatever. And I think this is actually applicable to most industries. And mm. I'll give an example of a completely different industry to put it into context. 
Number one, you form bonds with people that you never know if you're going to need their help or advice. Number two, when you form bonds with that person, they can connect you to other people to help you out when you're having difficulty either trying to problem solve or get an answer or solution or potentially speed up something that you need done. And number three, I think what it helps to do for most organizations that are customer-centric, which would be 99% of companies, is it helps you understand how that department solves the same problem as you related to the customer. This is such a great tip. In my role at CA, I would create content for different departments for their different business needs. Mm. And it really validated my worth in that organisation and it taught me a lot about how different departments work Work. Mm. and it really helped build my confidence because sometimes within your own team I feel like you suffer from imposter syndrome more than when you go out and work with different teams. So you're sort of working independently, you realise your skill set, you learn from them and you're like, oh, I'm pretty good at my job and I'm helping this person. Yeah, so example for me, I worked in marketing or I work in marketing and I used to sit in and listen on sales calls mainly so I could understand what the questions were coming through from customers. Yeah. It just gave me some really good insights. And it's a part of your journey anyway. Yeah, I loved it. I'm like, what problem am I trying to solve? Yeah. Um, another great one, a girlfriend of mine is a GP. So she sits in on some surgeries and she says it gives her a great perspective into the way that surgeons work yeah. alongside their teams. This is a really great tip. It's reminded me of something I heard on a podcast recently, which was around this idea that you don't need to network as much, but you do need to learn from and have a network of people that work in different industries outside of yours. Exactly. it teaches you so much. Yeah. So this mentality I think applies to most roles um, and it can be as simple as literally if you're starting a new role, put in a 10-minute coffee conversation with someone, mm. talk about them personally and then ask like, what do you do in your role? Yeah. How does that relate to my role? Do we work together? Is there over- any overlap? Um, Did you actually do that? Would you like go out of your way to meet with these people? Man, I did Zooms. Yeah. As in, I literally put in a 10 minute Zoom for people did you on say, the most. You go to your machine, I'll go to my yeah. machine, and we'll bring our coffees together. Exactly. And I Gorgeous. said, I'm capping it at 10 minutes because I, 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I want to get say, to know you, but not very well. No, but I also <laughs> said, like, I know your time is precious. And you don't yeah. want that awkwardness of being like, okay, obviously we don't have that many commonalities. We don't like, want a half. You're in product yeah. or you're in tech, yeah. as in literally you're working on IT. Yeah. Um, and I'm in marketing. Like, mm. we're, we're probably very different people yes. and we have different skill sets. I don't want to sit here trying to fill half an hour. Yeah. But 10 minutes, even right. f- fucking seven minutes if you want to be weird. 1.7. Mate, you can feel it. Can you speed up a Zoom call is my only concern. 1.7 speed. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> you're talking I would sound like, like a chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to look into that. If anyone has created technology around speeding up Zoom calls, Loz and I could be. <laughs> that, that. There's my tip for the week. Loz, that's it for today. Uh, sad to be saying bye to you. Yeah, as always, if you loved today's episode, um, please leave us a positive or just a review, you know, whatever. Leave something. Four stars minimum. Exactly. <laughs> Four stars minimum. And please follow us on readyornot.pod. See you next week. Mm-hmm.